Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio, and I'm really excited for today's topic because I do feel like a lot of people are struggling with this, and that is wondering how you can transition away from tracking macros and or incorporate more intuitive-based eating practices that don't include tracking your macros every single day. Don't get me wrong, tracking macros I think is a fantastic tool. I've utilized it since 2014 um, and I do help my clients with tracking their macros alongside with reaching their physique goals with utilizing macros. But there's a time and a place to track and there's also a time and a place to not track. And I'm seeing this trend of people tracking macros year after year after year and they're wondering how can I incorporate more flexible practices flexible based practices, we're just going to roll with it today, that don't include macro tracking. So first off, you need to ask yourself um, a couple questions. Number one, if you are coming out of a competition phase where you are getting ready for a bikini competition, you are not going to be ready for intuitive eating or just stopping macro tracking altogether. This is honestly a really bad idea for a couple reasons. You don't really have proper hormone regulation, so your leptin levels are basically non-existent, which is the satiety hormone. And then your ghrelin is actually really high as well, which this is your hunger hormone. So you are kind of setting yourself up for failure if you're going to go from tracking macros to not tracking macros at all, because you could eat a meal that is well-balanced and have a good amount of protein in it and a variety of whole foods, but you could still legitimately feel hungry after because you don't have any leptin in your body. And I've been through this countless of times like I've gone through shows and then after I'm like you know I'm really sick of tracking like I'm just gonna take a break and I had no satiety I would eat a meal and still feel hungry after so post-competition I would recommend a strategic reverse diet with maybe incorporating an untracked meal here and there um, with untracked meals being more frequent the more weeks you are removed from your show so you don't want to do like three untracked meals in a week if you're only one week post-show. But, you know, if you're four months post-show, go for it. Now, as for someone who is crash dieting or someone who just has a history of dieting year after year after year, this is when you would want to work on building up your metabolism a little bit and then incorporating flexible-based practices. I do feel like flexible-based practices work best too when you don't have a specific physique goal. So a specific physique goal would look like losing weight or getting ready for a specific event like a wedding or a photo shoot. It's going to be a little bit harder to be more flexible because when you're flexible, um, the only caveat to that is you're not collecting data. So with those untracked meals or untracked days, you're not going to have any data to go off of. 
so it's more so a guess. So in that case, you would want to um, kind of decide, like weigh out those pros and cons on what are your goals right now. And if you are, again, a crash dieter, you're feeling really stuck in your physique, I would recommend, you know, reverse dieting, getting to a healthier place overall. Again, everyone's a little bit different, so I'm not quite sure what exactly you might specifically need. But for someone who's been, let's say, dieting at 1,300 calories for three years now, and they're doing cardio five times a week for um, over two hours for the week, you could definitely benefit from utilizing a reverse diet and then incorporating some flexible practices. And I would recommend starting small. I really don't like the all or nothing, uh, the all or nothing of I'm going from not tracking all to tracking all the things and being super specific and vice versa from tracking all the time to not tracking at all. I think you should kind of ease into that process and that's going to look like incorporating an untracked meal. So what's an untracked meal? It's basically you would track your normal breakfast, lunch, maybe a snack or two, and then you would go into dinner and just simply not put pull up your like my fitness pal or whatever app that you're utilizing and just not track it. Um, what that does is it just kind of gives you a mental break from seeing numbers correlated to your meal. And this works really good for um, date nights or even if you eat kind of like the same thing every single day, you can kind of get away with not inputting it in your tracking app. And I would start with just one time a week. The other thing of transitioning away from tracking macros is understanding why you want to do it. I think a lot of people want to get away from macro tracking because it's mentally exhausting, but they might still enjoy macro tracking. So kind of ask yourself, how much could I track to give me some data and structure versus how much can I not track so I can feel some flexibility and freedom? I'll be honest with you guys. I don't track two days out of the week. I've been tracking since 2014 and there's been times where I'll take, you know, two weeks off of tracking. I've even gone through phases of taking four to six months off of tracking just to give myself a break because when you're using a food skill day after day after day or pulling out your MyFitnessPal every single day, although you might enjoy it and enjoy the structure, there's still a huge benefit of being able to be in tune with your body and in tune with your hunger and also reach a maintenance point to where you can kind of listen to what your body needs and eat that and move on with your day. That Hence the term intuitive eating. That's literally what intuitive eating means. Intuitive eating means listening to what your body needs, fueling it with that, and moving on with the day. Um, just a side note too, like the big thing too with intuitive eating is so many people will be like, oh, I'm intuitive eating, I'm intuitive eating, and then they're eating like a ton of um, processed foods. And there's still a couple of rules you want to apply with not tracking. And I do like the 80-20 approach, and that's 80% of your foods coming from whole food sources, and then 20% more fun food. I do, however, think a lot of people in this group of intuitive eaters are wanting to go from tracking macros and eating mostly whole foods to saying, you know what, F it, I'm just going to eat a lot of processed foods and eat more of like 60, 40, 60% whole foods and you know 40% fun foods. I don't really care. And when that happens, 
You might not be tracking your macros, but you're not going to feel really good if you are not feeling your body properly. So going into an intuitive-based eating approach, you still need to set up regulations. So some of my clients, I actually have a handful that are going from tracking every single day to incorporating some of these intuitive practices. And we started small. We started with maybe doing one untracked meal or two untracked meals, and then we went into untracked days. But I still gave them structure. I said, you know what? We're going to go into this day. We're going to eat four to five times. We're going to have what we're going to try to have, you know, 15 grams of protein at your snacks and 20 to 30 grams of protein at your meals. Um, Again, this is just like some very basic guidelines and it it doesn't mean that you have to follow them. But just kind of giving her a range of macros to hit but still not putting them in her app. And the other thing that you can do is just start guessing and checking your portion sizes. So if you're a little bit nervous to um, give up your food skill, you can start guessing and checking. So what that means is you would have like, let's say an apple. And for that day, you want to have 200 grams of your apple. You can you know, take a bowl and kind of cover up the numbers of your food scale and take apple slices until you think you've reached 200 grams and kind of like stop yourself and and ask yourself, does this look like 200 grams? Guess and then check on the scale and see if you're right. I swear to you guys, like nine times out of 10, I'm always right. I know how to nail my portion sizes without using a food scale. I can tell you what two tablespoons of peanut butter looks like. I can tell you what three, four, five ounces of chicken looks like. I can tell you what a cup of rice looks like because I have the reps. I have the years of experience of tracking. And that's why tracking is so amazing because I really do know what's in my food. And I'm not stressed at all when I go out to eat. I'm not stressed at all um, if my food skill batteries died because I am able to estimate these portion sizes and you should strive to get to that point. So kind of guess and check so you can learn your portion sizes. And this is really good to do when maybe you have something that is travel related. I know a lot of people aren't traveling right now due to coronavirus, but let's say you are traveling, you can utilize this tool for vacations. So you can kind of guess and check at restaurants and be more in tune with your body. The other thing with intuitive eating is I think that everyone should kind of strive to be at that point, Um, but that doesn't mean that you have to be there every single day. I still see the value in tracking, um, but tracking with less frequency. So some people in the intuitive eating space might uh, only track three days out of the week and then the rest of the week they're not tracking at all. Um, But having that three days out of the week, you're kind of seeing where you're currently at And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to follow specific macros, but maybe you're just tracking to track to kind of see where you're currently at. And I used to suck at this. Like when I tried to be intuitive uh, with my eating about two, I think it was two or three years ago, I sucked. Like my fiber was through the roof. I was eating like 80 grams of fiber. I was also eating way too much protein, like 180 grams of protein and not eating enough fats and my carbohydrates were okay. And it's so funny now because if I uh, were to input some of the food that I just kind of intuitively ate for the day, my macros would be 
spot on. If anything, uh, my fats might be a little bit low from my daily uh, recommended intake for what my goals are, and my carbs and my protein are a lot better, and I'm not eating a million grams of fiber. I don't know why I did that. Probably my years of um, dieting, I was you know, just consuming a bunch of volume-based foods like rice cauliflower and a ton of veggies and not really utilizing uh, rice or potatoes when I totally should have been doing. Um, but again, you live and you learn. So like intuitive eating, when you start that practice, you might not be good at it at first. And that doesn't mean that you should give up. It doesn't mean that you're going to have to track macros forever. It just means that you need more practice. And that's where you could really benefit from doing those you know, three to five days where you're tracking macros and you're assessing things like your sugar and your fiber and your macros for the day. And you can see like, oh, like I'm not eating enough fat for the day, or I'm not eating enough protein, or I'm eating way too much protein and take notes on that and try to kind of like mentally assess on how you can improve. The other thing of macro tracking is it's kind of nice to take a mental break. So maybe you don't need to you know, give up macros, but maybe you just need a week off and that's completely okay. That's when vacations are really helpful or even like holiday trips where you can take three or seven days off of tracking, kind of get a mental break and then come back to tracking and you're going to feel really refreshed. I think a lot of people kind of get in their head and they think, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do this forever. And it's kind of making me stressed and overwhelmed. And macro tracking shouldn't feel stressful and overwhelming. Um, It shouldn't be taking over your life. If it is, that's kind of a red flag that that's a behavior that you need to work on because food shouldn't invoke anxiety. Just like if you are feeling out of control of your intake um, and you're being super rigid and maybe struggling with overeating, like that's not normal behavior to have with food and something that you need to address. But if you feel like macro tracking is causing some anxiety, you might just need a little bit of a break. You might just need one day off for the week, or maybe you need to just take a whole week off and then get back to it. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves and feel guilty for needing a break from something that is helpful for us, but I think everybody kind of needs a break from structure here and there. And I'm here to say, like, again, I go on vacations and I don't track macros. I was just in a wedding this weekend and I didn't track and I did drink alcohol. Um, But I also set limitations. Just because I'm not tracking doesn't mean, like I said, I'm not going to go balls to the wall. I'm not going to drink 10 drinks and I'm not going to eat pancakes for every single meal of the day like I'm still going to set regulations for myself and um, have some mindfulness because part of intuitive eating is being mindful intuitive eating is not again eat whatever I want intuitive eating is being in tune with your body and being mindful if you're eating no one's body intuitively craves donuts okay But our bodies do crave fats and sugar. So maybe you need a different combination of things. Um, Maybe you're missing some vitamins and minerals. Maybe you need some more color in your diet. So kind of getting to that key root of where your cravings coming from. The funny thing is, is when I was subconsciously keeping my fats really low and just kind of intuitively eating, um, quote unquote intuitively eating two to three years ago, my fats would be way too low during the day. And I would wonder why I was craving like peanut butter and protein bars so much. 
Hey guys, on the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know I talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T, and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals. Little did I know that my body was just craving fat so much that it was sending me all these signals of get peanut butter, get ice cream, uh, get protein bars. Protein bars actually have a good amount of fat in them. Um, chocolate, like even nuts. Like I was just craving all of these different high fat things. And then when I was inputting my macros, I'm like, no wonder why I want fats. Like I'm really not consuming enough at all. And then once I started upping my fats, I started craving less things in general. I also just kind of want to dive into post-show and competitors too who are like burnt out from macro tracking and that's honestly where I think a lot of people are post-competition. You're burnt out, okay? You just assessed everything of your physique and measurements and weight and macros, your training, everything was just so precise. So no wonder why you're burnt out. You've been doing this for months and it was whole consuming it consumed your life and at that point it totally makes sense why you're like I don't want to look at my food scale I don't want to look at my fitness pal I'm done with this but I encourage you to at least have a flexible based approach at least track six days out of the week at least track um you know 80% of the time give yourself some structure because when you're in that phase post-competition you're not going to have your hormones back. And the only way to get your hormones back is going to be through increasing your intake and also getting to a healthier body fat level where your hormones can kind of come back. And even after my last competition in August of 2019, it took at least six months to start to get some satiety cues back. So what that means is I could legitimately eat a meal or even like eat a meal and a snack and still be hungry. And it's just so frustrating to be in that phase. But the reason why I was, was because I didn't have any leptin. So I would eat and still be hungry. Like my stomach would still growl and I was still hungry. Um, I would still, you know, stick with my structure and stick with my macros. And this was also my first off season working with a coach throughout the whole time. Um, I didn't take more than two weeks off from coaching. And that's just because I was working with a new coach at the time. And I think having someone post-competition is so important, especially as your physique changes, you're not going to be able to look at yourself objectively. And I actually did some side-by-sides of myself from last year, three weeks post-show versus now. And although I weigh more now in 2020, my physique looks great. And it's so funny because if I were to not hire a coach. Like I think that I would have maybe underfed myself this year, which could have led to me not making improvements on my physique. So it's really important to have a coach post-competition despite maybe feeling burnt out. And if you're looking at competing in your first show, 
make sure you're saving for your coach, but also saving like your coach during your, your prepping phase, the cutting phase, but make sure that you are saving post-competition. Um, as a coach, I'm not doing that for my wallet either, but I genuinely care about my client's mental health and physical health coming out of a competition. And if you've never done it before, if you have no experience post-competition, it's a lot. It's a lot of emotions. It's a lot of hormone disturbance going on. It's a lot of just hunger and, you know, even having issues of goal setting. It's it's hard. Post-show sucks. And nobody really talks about that. But if you don't have a coach to walk you out of that process or someone with an objective eye on you, it can be really hard because I'm telling you right now, after your competition, all of your friends are going to want to go out and eat with you and do all the things and not have you be so structured. And it's so easy to just say, you know what, F it, I'm not tracking my macros anymore. I'm going to go for margaritas. Like, I don't care. But I'm telling you right now, you need to care. At least give yourself eight weeks, eight weeks post-show to kind of walk you out of it, to get you to a better place metabolically. And then you can start to incorporate a bit more flexible practices. Does it suck? Yes. But I also know if you compete in your first competition, you have the ability to stick through hard things. You probably prepped for three, four, five, six, seven months. You you can last two more months. And you know, that's also why it's really important to take time off so you can work on your relationship with food and work on getting your hormones to a healthier place. And that's also why for myself I'm taking uh, well over a year off so I can get my body in a healthier place. And I again, have these flexible practices. I have practices where I track five days out of the week and I have two days off and I'm able to maintain my weight. And that's how you also know you're in a good place. Like if your weight is maintaining and you have your intuitive-based practices or um, extra flexible-based practices where you're not tracking two days out of the week or maybe you um, track one week and then take a week off, track one week, take a week off, and you're still maintaining your weight, then I'd say you're in a fantastic place. And, you know, as long as you're feeling good, digestion feels good, you are going um, going to sleep and sleeping through the night, like as long as other areas of your life are also doing well, your workout performance is great, you're in a fantastic place. And you don't just have to live on my fitness pal for the rest of your life. And you can be an intuitive and macro tracker at the same time. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you guys. I do know that it's September now and a lot of us are thinking about the holidays. Maybe you have a bit of holiday travel going on and you're thinking about how am I going to you know, track my macros and stay on track. I would recommend starting to kind of you know, incorporate some intuitive practices here and there, even if it is just an untracked meal or an untracked day. Incorporate a few of those and you're going to be um, really relieved going into these events, not worrying so much about your MyFitnessPal, and also just the ability to be more present at your meal times. The last thing is, guys, friendly reminder, the only way that we can grow here on Beyond the Bikini is through ratings and reviews on iTunes. 
So if you could give me a five stars, I would greatly appreciate that. And then a nice written review on why you guys love Beyond Bikini Radio. And also I'm here on Instagram at Nicole Fairy Fitness. So if you're enjoying this podcast, what's up guys? It's Nicole. I am the host of Beyond the Bikini Radio. So don't forget to tag me at Nicole Fairy Fitness telling me how much you are loving the podcast.